everyone, and thanks for joining us for this episode on joy and sorrow. Uh, when it comes to communion with God, developing an awareness of His presence and enjoying relationship with Him, I'm excited for this conversation here on joy and sorrow and how that's going to play a role in helping us build our relationship with God. I think it's important for us to remember that God is a personal being, uh, that God has emotions and feelings yes. and thoughts and experiences stuff with us. And so um, let's, uh, let's dive in. And Pastor Brooks, can you tell us why joy and sorrow are important practices in developing this faith skill of communion? Yeah, it is certainly a, a, a kind of unique practice, and it might even sound weird to talk about joy and sorrow as something that I practice, that I work on. Uh, and originally, when we were first developing this, we were stuck on just the word joy. But there's really something about that other side of our emotions, that life isn't just about joy, and we have to have a place for sorrow and lament and those those feelings of pain and loss to live in our Christian life, that we can't just ignore them and push them away. There was a, a time a number of years ago uh, during the, the birth of one of my sons, actually, um, where my wife and I were in the hospital and we were, she had just given birth to our son and I had to go grab something from the car. And so I am uh, this fresh new dad, and went out into the the hospital kind of lobby waiting room on that particular floor, pressed the elevator button. I'm sure my face is bright red at that moment, a smile as big as you can have, full of love and excitement and joy, genuine joy at that moment. And I pushed the, the elevator door, and the doors opened up, and I see the face of one of my good friends, somebody that I have shared life with before, but his face was not one of joy. On his face was sorrow. And here I am explaining to him and expressing the joy that I'm experiencing, and he responds that his brother-in-law had just passed away, kind of unexpectedly at that moment. And I was struck at this moment that had one of like my biggest moments of joy in my entire life. My friend, my good friend, had one of the most deepest moments of sadness in his entire life. And we shared that elevator as it went down, and we said our goodbyes. And from that moment forward, we both had to, to wrestle with, what do we do with the joy that we experience on one hand and the sorrow that we experience on the other hand. And there's something about joy and sorrow and, and just our emotions really in general that, that a lot of times we're so, so busy and so unwilling to, to kind of dive into what we're going through on the inside that we, we can easily kind of push those things away. Um, yeah, I, I think... It's also a question a lot of people have. I know I've had in the past of, can God be equally present mm. in moments of joy and, and moments of sorrow and sadness? Or even if we recognize his equal presence is, is there's some level of, yeah, but we really like the joy and we <laughs> want to be present mm -hmm. with God and the joy and the, 
the sadness is there just to drive us back to him yeah. where we ask him to to take it away, take it and, away. Mm-hmm. and get rid of it. We want to live in the joy and, mm-hmm. and get rid of the sadness. So are we able to encounter God, not just in, in similar ways, yeah. but what does that look like for both joy and sadness as it affects our relationship with God? Yeah, well, I mean, I think you're very right that, that it's not enough for us to just look at those moments of joy and live from like joy to joy to joy because there's so much in between that we miss out on and but on the other hand there are some of us that that you've probably experienced times in your life where you've felt like I've just been going from sorrow to sorrow to sorrow as well and and neither of those are real life right neither of those are our entire experience with God or our entire experience with our family. It, it, we have these ebbs and flows. And a lot of times, because we have those ebbs and flows, those, are, those can be difficult to walk through sometimes. Yeah. Even the moments of joy can be difficult to have. Birthday month in our family goes from <laughs> June 14th to July 14th. And it is exhausting every year. By the time we hit July 14th, we have to say to our last son, who's the, the like fourth or fifth big celebration that we've had in that <laughs> month, is like, I'm sorry, we love you, we really do, but we're tired of celebrating by now, right? Yeah. But So even joy, moments of joy can be exhausting for us. And so yeah. what happens is sometimes that we, we say, you know what, I, I can't do this up and down thing. I need to kind of numb myself and just keep this even keel going through my experience of life. And so we want to be aware of God's presence and be in communion with God, even in those mundane moments. But I think we do ourselves a disservice when we block God from being able to impact us at those high moments of joy and those low moments of sorrow. Sure. And that God very much has something to say to us when we are in those moments of joy. And we remember and we celebrate what God has done in our life. But in those moments of sorrow and sadness and lament, we can't pretend like God hasn't done anything in those moments. In fact, it's those moments of both joy and sorrow, I think, that that God has the most ability to change who we are, to impact us because we're, we're just vulnerable. Our lives are open. Our hearts are open to be changed this way or that. And if we ignore God in those moments or suppress what we're really feeling, I think we really miss an opportunity for what God genuinely wants to do in our lives. Yeah, and earlier you mentioned the idea of busyness, Mm. and uh, I want to bring you back to that for Mm -hmm. just a moment and and ask you what you think uh, happens Mm. in our busy lives and and what that does as far as allowing us to tap into both these moments of joy and sorrow in Mm. our relationship with God. So how does busyness and, and the constant never-ending <laughs> life we're living right now yeah. impact this. Yeah, well, that's the American way, right, is to, to fill our schedules so full that sometimes we don't have to feel. That if all I have to do is go from work to play to school to work to play to school to eat and do these different things, um, I can lose myself in my schedule. And I can allow 
the real deep emotions and feelings that are going on inside of me, I can allow them to take kind of a back seat. The scary thing that can happen with that, though, is, and we've probably all experienced this in one way or another, is eventually you will get a moment to breathe and slow down, right? You get that moment where you go, I'm just going to sit here for a moment. And you might even say, I'm going to sit here in God's presence for a moment, right? It might be a moment where you finally get to, to get back on your scripture reading plan for a moment and hope that that scripture reading plan isn't just adding to your busyness, but it is a part of God God's experience with you of joy and sorrow. And you get to that moment and all of a sudden the weight of the world from both sides, joy and sorrow, just come flooding into your soul and you can't deal with it. And it becomes a moment of breaking. Yeah. And we have to be able to learn that I'm not just after those moments of joy. I'm not just after those moments of sorrow. I'm not just trying to numb it all with busyness or with mundane or with just get through and survive. But I have to experience life as God brings it to me. The psalmist, I think, is such a wonderful example of this for us that he sits there and is just as willing to lament and cry out to God, say, God, change my circumstances. Take this awful situation away from me. But God, I trust you. I know that you're present in the midst of this. He's just as willing to do that as he is to say, Lord, we recite the great deeds that you have performed on behalf of our people. Look at this, 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 all these moments where God's presence was manifest, his activity was there in the midst of his people. And he celebrates, he lifts the voices of the people together, and you get this sense of just overwhelming celebration at who God is and what what he has done in the people's life. So I, I, I sit back and I marvel, and I'm not great at this, to be honest with you. It's something that I work on constantly in my own life, that I have to, to not say, I'm just after the joy. You know, I was watching a movie with my kids a little bit ago. Um, it's a Disney movie, a Pixar movie called Inside Out. And in this movie, Joy is the main character. She's an emotion that lives inside of this little girl's head. And Joy is out there working to make everything joyful. Every moment has a note of joy. Every experience, find the best in it. But the movie, spoiler alert, uh, really comes around to this moment where uh, sadness is another main character. And they're always trying to push sadness by the, to the sides. No, sadness, don't ruin the moment. But sadness really, at this one kind of poignant moment in the, in the movie, sadness has a way of speaking with a, another character that brings the story to its kind of climactic moment. And sadness has a way of saying, you can't just brush past and hope that everything will be jolly all of the, all of the time. But we have to be able to sit and rest in that sadness sometimes. Not to stay there for our entire lives, but to sit and live in that moment. Yeah. And for us as Christians, to allow God to live in that moment with us. That's what the, where the communion 
side of this comes in is it's not just have joy and sorrow, yeah. but it's allow God to speak to us, allow God to invest and change who we are through those experiences. Yeah, I'm an eternal optimist, and so <laughs> I know that I get my wife frustrated every now and then because uh, she'll say to me, there's actually nothing good about this situation right now. And, <laughs> and that's and, okay. And that is okay, and I have to re- remind myself, actually, that movie was a great uh, reminder for me mm-hmm. that, yeah, sometimes sadness is the appropriate emotion, and God mm-hmm. designed us to experience these emotions and to have these kinds of reactions. God himself has those reactions as well. You mentioned the psalmist earlier mm-hmm. um, as creating a good example. So can you talk a little bit more about how the psalmist models for us the appropriate mm-hmm. responses? Um, we've been talking about joy and sorrow kind of together, yeah. but now let's separate them okay. for a moment. And, yeah. and let's talk about joy. And what does the reading through the psalms teach us mm-hmm. about how to experience joy properly? Yeah, like I mentioned, that there are these, these feasts that Israel goes through Um, the seven feasts throughout their year that are markers of what God has done in their midst. And so a lot of the Psalms, as we read them, we don't really see it as much today from our own cultural perspective. But a lot of those Psalms were sung at these kind of annual celebrations, maybe a celebration thanking God for his activity among them in war, or maybe thanking God for providing crops for them and those different kinds of things. God the Creator, all of these were not just random songs, but were things that were sung in the life of the people. And so I think that's something that can be important for us, to to mark seasons and times in our life and in our year where we can remember what God has done, to, to sit and just think about the things that God has done. And when I was growing up, uh, one of the things that we did at, around the dinner table for a, a period was uh, my dad would ask us, all right, kids, what God sightings did you have today? Where was God present in your life today? Not just like the big things, but specific moments. And if I didn't have a specific moment where I saw God present in my life on a a particular day, I better think of one pretty quick (laughs) because it's really about me opening my eyes to see what God is actually doing. And being aware, because God is present, right? He is active, Mm -hmm. and I have to see what he's doing. And not just see it, but be able to speak it and recite it and celebrate what he is doing. And so that's one of the things I think that we can do is to to be very intentional about marking those moments where God has been active and present in our lives. Um, It's also helpful, too, you mentioned your family would do mm -hmm. that. Um, because we're not all going through the same emotional experiences at the same time. And so I can see that being a very helpful discipline to do with your family or your close friends, um, where you're asking everybody to Mm -hmm. mark those moments, Mm -hmm. because I may not be in a a period of joy right now, but if you are, then listening to you recount that story and mark that moment Mm -hmm. um, can be a source of encouragement and everything for me. Yeah, and becomes a moment of celebration. Yeah. Even when your your life isn't saying celebrate right yeah, now. Yeah, I can mm-hmm. celebrate in what God is doing yeah. in the lives of those I care about mm-hmm. and love, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. If we look at the other side of the coin, yeah. sorrow, um, the, this is another area that the psalmist can be very helpful. That Sometimes when we're in deep sorrow, I don't have the words. You know, I'm, I'm at a loss. And I, 
it's in those moments, I think, that the psalmist can help us get have some words, or at least get us started, to, to recognize that the, the emotions and the feelings, whether it's like loss or anger, outrage, that whether it's a, a quiet sorrow or an, an angry sorrow, that I can find words for those kinds of things, the emotions in the Psalms. Yeah. It can get me started and allow me to have space for those feelings to come out because those feelings are down there and I don't want to get to that moment where I have a time to think or I have an angry situation that comes out and all of a sudden I'm angry at God because I've been emotionally immature and not allowing him to to speak to me in those moments of sorrow. So I have to open my life and give space for what God wants to do and teach me and how he wants to be present with me not just in joy, not just in mundane situations, but in my sorrow as well. In his book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, John Mark Comer remarks that love takes time, busy doesn't have it. Because I've heard you mention that busyness can just um, destroy our ability to self-evaluate, to to discover where we are Mm -hmm. in our uh, emotional lives. And that ultimately that can impact our relationship with God. And, and so that comes down to how much do we love God, mm-hmm. love ourselves, and desire to grow in our relationship with Him. Yeah, I think that's an important point that you make there about the, the importance of slowing down. And I think if there's one thing that joy and sorrow could teach us, the practice is to slow down and just to allow ourselves the opportunity to reflect and just to be silent before God, not to move from joy to joy to joy or sorrow to sorrow to sorrow or move straight through life with mundane, trying to keep our equilibrium all the way uh, straight level there. But instead, if we allow God to speak to us in the midst of and throughout all of the peaks and valleys and even keel times in our life that we have, that's where I think God wants to speak to us. That's where we're going to be open and vulnerable. That's where we're going to find new kind of communion and awareness of his presence and activity in our lives. Yeah, thank you, Pastor Brooks, for those thoughts. And I think it's really valuable to just spend some time talking about something that we don't tend to talk about very much in the Christian Mm -hmm. faith, and that is how we can use our emotions uh, to help us grow closer to God. I think a lot yeah. of times people talk about pushing the emotions aside and let your head do all the thinking and remind you that God is really there. But he's an emotional being. He designed us to be emotional creatures. And we can grow, not just in our awareness of his presence, but actually enjoying our relationship with him. The more we allow ourselves to enter into the fullness of what he's created us to be as emotional beings. Mm -hmm. So thank you, Pastor Brooks. And uh, I hope this was a valuable time for all of you. We'll see you again next time.